From the studios of One Jack's Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Hello once again. Uh, welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. My name is Robert Engel. Uh, I am uh, very happy to be with you um, today, this evening, this morning, uh, whatever it is, uh, whenever it is that you uh, make time to listen to these episodes. Um, nonetheless, uh, I and we here at The Revealing are grateful that you do. Um, we are in the uh, Christmas season. It is among us, and um, it's an exciting time. It, it's a joyous time. Hopefully, uh, even though there are a I certain... Believe, Robert, I, I believe this episode is going to air literally on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> is <laughs> it going to? Okay. All right. Um, that's awesome. So Merry Christmas. Um, then if you're not doing your Christmas shopping, <laughs> sorry, uh, it's too late. Um, but uh, hopefully, um, whether you're listening to this on Christmas Day... Um, or I think you're right, actually, because Friday, these come out on Friday. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Um, so on Christmas Day or thereafter, um, either way, um, Merry Christmas to you. And um, we are grateful that you carved time out to hang out with us. Um, last week, it was, we um, talked about Frank, Chris, and myself. Um, such a great conversation. And, and I'm not saying that because we were the ones talking. Um, but, you know, we're talking about the Word. And um, this is a great conversation about the Magi and the Star of David and, and the prophecies there and, and, and all of that. And, man, it's such a blessing. So if you weren't able to catch that one, we, we would encourage you to do so, especially in the Christmas season, in this holiday time, um, very very much applicable. Um, but today, um, Chris and Frank, uh, we're going to talk about uh, that same passage there in Matthew 2, but we're going to talk about uh, these uh, gifts that... The uh, wise men, if you will, the magi, uh, brought um, to the child, um, and um, I, th- I think we'll just start where we started last time, if that's okay. Again, Matthew chapter two, verses one through eleven. I'm not going to read all of those verses again, um, unless one of y'all think that's super necessary. I, I can do that if we need to, but uh, if you're listening, you can just turn there or. or Jot this down, uh, but I think the way we'll do this is um, I'll uh, I'll t- I'll take one of those gifts. I'll talk about the gold, and then I'll throw it over to to Frank um, since that's his name, and he'll talk about the Frank incense, and then uh, Mur Chris um, will talk about you'll do that, um, and so just kind of tag team it here and and do that, but. Um, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 there, just as a quick review, reminder, um, in case you, you need that. Um, <clears throat> it's the account of when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea there, uh, when Herod was king, and and um, the, the passage goes on to, to, to tell us that uh, these um, these magi, these wise men, came from the east, and, and they were looking for the star, um, for the king of the Jews, who will be the king of the Jews, um, to worship him, and and Herod uh, gets wind of this and um, kind of devises a plan to to um, protect his throne, so to speak, and his his uh, rulership uh, because he's um, understandably threatened there by by this this prophecy and this this um, potential future king who who will take his throne. Um, and then we see down there in verse um, verse eleven. 
Uh, we, and this is kind of where we concluded the episode last week, I think, where you know we talked about how, okay, so there weren't three, you know, just biblically and, and logically, you know, for a lot of reasons, um, we, we can't assume that there were just there were, were just three wise men uh, just because there were three named gifts. And, and very well, I mean, you know, there could have been other gifts as well. Um, but but the Bible does record three for us, and so um, we're going to talk about those three. Uh, but verse 11 says that um, Matthew 2, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And, and I want to just mention a couple of things here about that verse that I think are salient for us to understand. Uh, number one, um, they came into the house. Uh, so um, it, it wasn't the manger that they came to. It wasn't the inn that they came to. Um, it was the, the house. Um, but when you read the the account of the birth of Christ, it wasn't a house where he was. Um, so what's going on there? Well, it's very evident when you look at this, um, they didn't come, these, these, these magi, to present the gifts. They didn't come to the manger with a crying baby where, where Mary was in post-labor and she had just given birth, kind of like we think of that. Um, it says that they had, um, oh, excuse me, it says that they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Um, not the baby, uh, the young child. Um, there's a difference between an infant, a baby, and a young child. Um, and, and that's true for us today, and, and that's true back then. It, it was a young child. Jesus was... Um, he w- he was up to two years old at this point because when we look at um, what happened with Herod, what did he want done? Uh, he wanted all the children two years and younger to be um, to be killed uh, because of f- fear of, of the quote threat um, that that he was experiencing. And, and so again, just for us to to assume or to think that um, it kind of un- unraveled or or rolled out in the way that we, I don't know. Americans or Westerners or in the 21st century, uh, whatever the way we think of that, no, that that definitely wasn't the case. Um, he it was the young child in the house. And another thing I wanted to point out is that uh, they fell down and worshipped him. And, and this is something that we talk about um, in our parts over here in Jacksonville, Florida, at One Baptist Church. Is <clears throat> you know when we think of worship, um, there are a lot of things that the American church. The Western Church thinks of, and um, a lot of times it's unbiblical definitions or understandings. And um, one time, Frank, you you made a, a comment in one of your sermons. Um, you said it a couple times, I think, but once you made a comment, and I took you up on it, and you said, "Hey, just just tr- go through the Bible and check and see." Um, every time you see the word worship or some form of the word worship, worshipped, worshiping, and, and look at the context and look what's going on. And because listen, if y'all if you've never done that, um, as our listeners, if you've never done that, I would encourage you uh, that uh, just doing that alone, just doing a word study or tracking through the Bible uh, words or phrases uh, in that day. We talk a lot about that one. Uh, that will just teach you so much. Um, but I did that with uh, worship, worshipped, worshiping, etc. And so many times, more often than not, almost every time, 
Um, there is uh, someone who is uh, bowing down, who is prostrate before the Lord um, when the word worship is uh, mentioned. And so I think that's very important for us to understand because um, we like to say that we can worship God in our own way or there's different ways to worship God. And I understand what we mean when we say that, I I think, for the most part. But um, the Lord is seeking those to worship him in spirit and truth. They must. Yes. Worship him. Absolutely. This isn't a... Figure it out and do it in your own way. Mm-hmm. This is how you must do it. Yeah, um, and there's a, a right worship and then there's a wrong one. Mm. And we see that in a lot of places there in the Old Testament especially, but um, so I, I just see that. And so my, my, my point there, I, I, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I'm coming back to the path. Uh, my point there is um, it says that, that they fell down and they worshiped him, and you see that so many times. And so let's my encouragement is let's not let... Our, our own preferences or <clears throat> maybe um, what we're comfortable with when it comes to worship, don't let that dictate what you think about worship and, and how you worship. Um, worship biblically, because he's worthy of that. Amen. Um, wor- worship how he says to worship him. Mm. Um, and it's interesting, these guys here, they weren't Jews, and they certainly weren't Christians at this time. Yes. And they knew what the proper position, if you will, of mm. what worship is, is be, is one of being prostrate before him. And That's they good. came and they worshiped him. Yeah. And, and do notice, you know, I think, um, you know, Jesus talking to that woman by the well over in, in John 4, um, you know, that's when he said, you know, when the true worshipers come, mm-hmm. which means there's false worshipers. <laughs> okay, why would he say that? Uh, he said that they must, must worship in spirit, little less, and truth. And so what is he saying there? Uh, spirit, your spirit needs to be bowed down to him. Okay, you need to, you know, that's kind of the yielding to the spirit, if you will. Your spirit. Dying to self. The dying to self needs to, and truth. Now, there, you look at these wise men and you look, look, look at, the only reason why they're there is because of what Daniel taught them. Mm-hmm. Through what? The word of God, which what is does Romans ten truth. seventeen say, "Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, hearing by, by the word, word of God." God. And what is saying, uh, John seventeen uh, seventeen? Seventeen. Yep. Thy what word is true. Sanctify thyself. Then by thy truth, thy word is truth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so they they bow down their spirit to the King, worshiping Him in truth. Yeah. You know, listen. If we're Amen. just going to let the Bible give us a definition of mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. There you go, man. Yeah. I don't know that you can get around. I mean, you know. Yeah. And that's so not only that, but they, they gave the proper way to worship, but then they also did what? Brought an offering. Right. <laughs> yeah. So many. Um, Sounds like the tabernacle yeah, yeah, Leviticus yeah. is going you, on we'll here. We'll see right that now. coming in and out through these these yeah. three gifts. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many applications for us. But um, anyways, I want to, I, I need to get back on. Um, I can easily get distracted sure. there. Uh, but so talking about this gold. So, so let's look at that because it's mentioned first there. Um, and again, when you look through the Bible and, and you look at gold and kind of see what's going on there, um, it's very interesting uh, what the Lord reveals uh, as far as what what um, gold is and what it represents and, and and all those things. So I think we'll just kind of talk about it for a little bit here. Um, but uh, gold in the Bible represents uh, kingship. 
Um, it, it is indicative. So all three of these uh, gifts uh, that were brought to Jesus, uh, just so you're aware, um, are prophetic in nature and represent um, an office that that he, um, at this point in history, he will hold. Um, and so we look at th- that that of gold. Um, and, and when you think about a king, um, you know, a king... Uh, in the Old Testament, you know, they would rule for God. They were chosen by the Lord. Uh, Deuteronomy talks about that. Um, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee whom the Lord thy God shall choose. So God would choose the king. Um, and, and as he did that, uh, the people were to, to follow. Um, it's interesting that Revelation chapter 1, verse 6 and chapters 5 and verse 10 say that he hath made us uh, kings and priests unto God. And so there's, 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 there's an application there. As far as these are concerned, um, I just kind of want to throw those out there, uh, out there to you. Um, but as far as as far as Jesus, you know, I, I think this is pretty easy for us. But um, you know, I, I don't want to assume, and you know, we, it's still important. As far as this his office of being a king, um, listen, I mean, you can't go very far in Scripture without seeing that the Lord Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. Um, Revelation chapter 19, when he comes back, uh, his second coming, it says that he will be uh, on, on his um, on his vesture. Uh, it, it will say King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, last episode, we talked about um, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 49, uh, there in verse 10, I believe it was, um, where Frank, you mentioned the scepter and how the scepter will not depart from Judah until Shiloh come. And we know Shiloh, capital S, there is a um, it is a title for uh, for for God for the Lord Jesus Christ and and uh, a, what is a scepter? It, it, it's a, a a tool or, or a um, instrument. I guess, there it is. I couldn't think of a better word. Instrument uh, for a king. And so um, there are so many places in Scripture um, he, he is going to sit. Um, we read passages last uh, last episode in Isaiah um, chapter seven and chapter nine. Um, where the government will be upon his shoulders, um, where the zeal of the Lord will perform this, and <clears throat> he will he will rule as the king on his throne forever. Um, and that goes back to the episodes that we talked about with the covenants, where mm-hmm. um, God is um, he, he he didn't mess up on those prophecies. Uh, he didn't forget. He didn't he doesn't suffer from amnesia or or um, Alzheimer's or he's not a liar. Uh, he's not finished with with the Jews and 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 all of the prophecies of Christ will be fulfilled uh, as as he said they would. Um, but when you start looking through Scripture here, um, Hebrews chapter seven and verse one tells us that. Um, uh, speaking of of, of Christ, um, he is uh, that king, uh, for this Melchizedek is what he's called, King of Salem, uh, priest of the Most High God. Um, it's just very interesting when you start again. I just kind of did a study of, on the word king, and you see how how uh, Jesus fulfills will fulfill that office there. Um, so uh, when you think about gold and these this gifts that this gift of gold that they brought him. Um, do know that Jesus fulfilled the office of a king. Um, he met those Old Testament qualifications uh, for the office of a king. Uh, he was chosen by God. Uh, Psalm chapter 2 and verse 6, uh, he, uh, God says, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Um, uh, he was from the tribe of Judah. That's very important for us. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5 says that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Not only that, but he was of the seed of David. And what is lion? The king of the jungle. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. That's the reason why he had that title. Great point. Yes. Great point. Um, 
he was of the seed of David. Again, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5, not only was he the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he was the root of David. Um, and it says that he hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Um, Romans chapter 1 tells us uh, verses 3 and 4 concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, uh, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Um, so, so the question we have to ask is, is Jesus Christ the king right now? Well, I think we could answer that with, with a yes and no, maybe, um, depending on how you look at that. Um, but as far as the prophecies are concerned in the Old Testament, uh, as far as uh, him taking his rightful place as the king of the Jews from uh, his, his throne, the throne of David in Jerusalem, well, no, uh, that, that has not happened yet. Um, but it will, rest assured. Um, I, I think we've, we've definitely um, exhausted uh, in the past several episodes the point that, that God is not finished there with the Jews. So, so when you see this and you think about the gold there, um, we're going to throw this over to, to the next one soon or open this up if you guys want to mention something that I maybe haven't. But um, do know that um, the Lord Jesus Christ, as, uh, as, as a, a two-year-old boy or a near two-year-old boy, he received the gift of gold and I wonder if Mary and Joseph understood what the significance was of those gifts. Um, I don't know. I wonder if we understand the significance of them, and that's why we're talking about these things. So, so, so just knowing that 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 gold um, represents Christ as the King, um, not just not just the King of the Jews, um, though, though he is. Um, and this is why I said earlier, maybe maybe you could kind of answer yes to this from a devotional application. Is um, you know you know devotionally speaking, is he is he you, the king of your heart? Maybe maybe we could just say it that way. As far as um, he is our Lord, um, and he is the king of Israel, so we understand that doctrinally. But um, from an authority standpoint, a lordship standpoint, uh, is he the king of your heart? So um, so that was kind of the. The, the thoughts that I had there about the, about the gold and the king. Um, Chris, I want to throw it over to you. Yeah, just a couple more things there. Um, you know, the, the purpose that Jesus came the first time was because he, he wanted to, he was bringing the kingdom of heaven to the nation of Israel, and he was proclaim, proclaimed as the king. He was. Um, you know, you look at Luke 23.3, when he's with before Pilate, and Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. You know, like he knew why he came the first time, mm. you know, and I think also, you know, well, from doesn't the, he go on to say, for this reason, I was born. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So he, he knew why he was coming. He also knew that the nation of Israel was going to reject him at that time. But that's the purpose why he came was to to fulfill that. And, and again, like you were saying, Pastor Robert, he will uh, definitely fulfill that. Mm. And, you know, I was thinking about when I was looking into this uh, from the perspective, just from from our perspective as Christians in this day. You know, as Jesus is uh, the king of our hearts, he is our, our, our king, spiritually speaking. Um, and one day he will be the, the literal king uh, over the, the nation of Israel. One of the things that it made me think about was the judgment seat of Christ. Where, oh, right, right. Where we're being judged for the works we did, not for salvation, but the works we did of righteousness for him, for Christ. And, and what's going to take place at that judgment seat of Christ is those works are going to be judged and, and the works that uh, remain 
uh, is off, is re- referred to as gold, silver, and precious stones. So there's that gold in there still. And when you put gold, silver, and precious stones through fire, it gets purified, right? And so all the wood, hay, stubble burns up, the works that we did that weren't good, right? And the, the gold, silver, and precious stones remain. And the reason that that's important is because as the church, we the work that we do for the Lord, the work of the Lord and everything that we are about is what the gold and silver and stones are representative of. And we earn these crowns that we're going to cast at Jesus' feet. And that's what the gold, the silver, and the precious stones is going to be made into is the those crowns that will be cast before his feet. And you see that come to pass in Revelation chapter 4. Uh, when he talks about the 24 elders being a representation of the church, that we will cast those crowns uh, before the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, and, and you quoted it in Revelation 19, where it says, And, and he hath that vesture, and his vesture and his, and his thigh are name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So mm-hmm. because the church, we know that he is our king spiritually, and we are going to give those crowns, crowns to him. And what yeah. is what is a, who gets a crown? A king. Sure. Right. So it made me think of that. And there's obviously gold is, is involved in that as well. So we can see just maybe a little bit more from even our perspective now as the church, uh, the importance of that gold uh, being that of, of kingship. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, so yeah, that that that's great um, application there, both prophetic and then uh, for us today. Um, Frank, any other thoughts on the gold, or can we? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so my first question is: is what does a king have? A kingdom. Kingdom. Okay. <laughs> okay, and so understanding that is is vital uh, to understanding and, and unfolding what's going on in the New Testament, because obviously we see two kingdoms that are referenced. Uh, you have the kingdom of heaven, which you mentioned, uh, and then you have the kingdom of God. And if 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 Jesus is king, okay, uh, so then, well, a king has a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is, is there a difference between the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God? And certainly in our recent, uh, or not recent, but our past, some of our past episodes, we actually talked about the mm-hmm. difference between the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. But that becomes relevant to this, to this uh, situation uh, because... A couple of things I would want to make note of. Number one, uh, he is uh, uh, the king of the the Jews, and certainly he is the king of the Jews, uh, and that is representation of the kingdom of of heaven, heaven. heaven. which is a physical, literal kingdom here on earth. Mm-hmm. But don't take don't don't miss the fact that these are Gentiles bringing these gifts. Yeah, you're okay? right. Okay, mm-hmm. and so what are what 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 is the what what is the kingdom? Uh, how 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 is that reflective to them? Well, you know, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the spiritual kingdom uh, whereby we uh, enter into uh, through the, 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 the rebirth, being born again, John chapter 3. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different kingdom. Um, and, and so it, although Jews and Gentiles alike can be in the kingdom of God, um, it, it, there's something different about it. Hence the reason why the kingdom of God is not even mentioned in the book of Matthew. Mm. Uh, well, that's not true. Uh, what it I'm is. saying is, is that uh, the kingdom of heavens only mentioned there in the book right, of Matthew. Right. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, again, a king has to be a king over something. Well, he's not the king of the Jews right now. That's Correct. obvious. There's no Correct. king in Israel. Correct. Every man is doing. They rejected that which him is, the first time. Yeah, yeah. Every man is doing that which is own his own eyes, and that is true even today. There hasn't been a king in Israel since 587 BC. Okay, so so he's not the king over Israel right now. now. That doesn't mean he's not going to be. He is going to be. There's no doubt about it. So what is he king of right now? 
He's the king over the kingdom of God. Amen. And what is the kingdom of God that's in you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, you know, I think that speaks to um, why we're called kings and priests. We're called kings and priests not because of what we've done, because he's in us. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we can be kings and priests. We're kings and priests because he's in us, right? You know, and the other thing I think that uh, is probably worth mentioning here uh, is that um, <clears throat> he is called king of kings, which makes him the supreme king of all time, <laughs> right? Well, when you go into the tabernacle itself, uh, which uh, clearly speaks of, of every part of it speaks of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking about that on Sundays at church now for quite some time. Uh, but do notice that all of the uh, main furniture items in the tabernacle are made out of what? Gold. Gold. And what, what, what is going on there? Well, when you go to John, uh, he makes mention uh, of, of all those furniture items in the tabernacle. Jesus does. And, and every time he makes mention of it, he drops the little I am statement. Mm-hmm. You know, I am the light of the world. Well, there's your golden. I am the bread of life. Well, there's your table of showbread. I as Moses lifted up the the uh, the serpent in the wilderness, so, so well, there's your altar of uh, you know. So so again, y'all, mm-hmm. you know, he is the word of God, the labor of washing. So mm-hmm. y- y'all y'all got kind of get the point. Mm-hmm. Is even the tabernacle is testifying? Oh yeah, of the fact that he is the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, uh, going back to that whole worship thing, uh, where is it that we learn how to properly worship the King? Mm-hmm. Leviticus is the book you want to go to. That's that's what the book is teaching us. Uh, uh, is 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 the uh, importance of bringing proper uh, worship to the to to to, uh, to God who is sitting in that uh, mercy seat uh, on the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this whole this whole king thing, uh, I think you know, takes us to a whole different level. You can almost you can almost say. That the gold is worthy of the King of Kings speaking to the deity of Christ. Mm, sure. He is the mm-hmm. supreme King sure. over all things. Yeah. So you you Absolutely. know you can you can you can kind of tie that in, and I don't think you would be uh, you'd be off. Yeah, absolutely. The King of every King, the supreme King. Yep. Amen. Amen. Um, very cool. Um, so the second gift they brought him was uh, frankincense, and so so just like we talked about there. Uh, Frank, what what are some of the um, maybe what's the office? Because you know we know that biblically speaking, Jesus occupies three offices here, represented by these gifts. So the prophetic applications, the offices, etc., that that represented are represented by frankincense. Yeah. So first thing is is what is frankincense? Uh, it's you know it's a it's a, a, a substance that was used, uh, and you find a lot of its use in the tabernacle. Speaking of the tabernacle, you do, mm-hmm. um, and and who was it that would uh, take the frankincense and put it in the to the many different offerings and things to that matter? It would be the priest, uh, who was in charge of the uh, of the tabernacle and, and the sacrifices and, and and thus. So you see a clear connection uh, to frankincense and the priestly work, if you will. Uh, so yeah, you know, you t- you you mentioned Hebrews, mm-hmm. so I think that'd be a good place to go if we want to talk about uh, what's going on here. Okay, um, because ultimately, what we're saying here is, is that the frankincense represents the second office, 
that Jesus holds, and that is the office of the high priest. Okay. Uh, which, by the way, uh, he is in that position right now. Right. As he is sitting on the right hand of the Father, uh, uh, making intercession uh, for yeah. us. So, uh, so maybe we could say that the 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 gold, his kingship, represents his future ministry, prophetically speaking. The um, Frankincense represents his present ministry. Sure. Could, could we say that? Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. good, good stuff, yeah. right? And maybe when we get to Murr, maybe we can talk about the past ministry. Right, right, kind of right. Oh, yeah. Bring there's, that together. Uh, but. There's an importance to all that. But in Hebrews, you know, um, and I do want to jump over there real quick. Okay. I just want to show a couple of verses here. Um, and, and, you know, we don't want, we're obviously not in the position here in this study to, to, to say who Melchizedek is. Uh, do know that Melchizedek, uh, you find him in Genesis 14, uh, Abraham uh, bring uh, tithes and offerings to Melchizedek. Uh, so that's kind of what's being referenced in Hebrews uh, chapter 7. But but I do think there's a couple worthy passages here that we should kind of hone in on. Um, so it says, for this Melchizedek, uh, king of Salem, uh, and again, just so you understand, Salem is the root for Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, would Jesus be the king of Jerusalem? Well, well of course. Okay, uh, the most high God uh, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. There's there's that tithing thing. Uh, by the way, uh, Abraham was not a Jew, uh, and he offered tithings to a Gentile. Might want to do something with that, but anyways, we'll keep going. For being uh, by interpretation, uh, he is, uh, Melchizedek is the king of righteousness. Wow, that was pretty good, Robert. Robert tried to sneeze and he didn't even make a noise. Um, Right, so he is the king of righteousness. Notice the capital K. Uh, And and again, I would would just say, who is the king of righteousness, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And and after that, also king of Salem, uh, which is king of peace, uh, who is the prince of peace peace and who is the king I mean, we, that, that, that brings us to Isaiah 9 uh, all over the place mm-hmm. uh, he's going to sit on the throne of, 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 of the king David uh, whose throne is in Jerusalem I mean listen if you want to start trying to put together who you think this Melchizedek was um, I think those are some pretty interesting uh, 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 clues and hints notice, this, notice that this Melchizedek had no father uh, he had no mother uh, he was without descent uh, neither had beginning of days. Um, that kind of brings us to Micah five two, uh, if you if you want to start throwing that together. Um, but but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Uh, so uh, again, I don't want to argue or or speak on who this Melchizedek is. Just interesting things. Uh, but what we do know about Melchizedek for sure is that he was a priest. And, and uh, certainly the point that, uh, that the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to make here is, is that Jesus uh, is, is also a priest. Um, as you drop down to uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 1, it says this, Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. Well, what things have we spoken? Well, he's talking about chapter 7. He says, We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, which is the Lord, which the Lord pitched and not man. Uh, and of course, if you were to keep reading the, the, the point that he's trying to make is that uh, this Jesus 
is the the the, the great high priest uh, who is going to uh, uh, sit on the right hand of the Father, uh, making intercession for us uh, during this time. So, so no doubt Jesus fulfills the office mm. of the uh, the priest. And again, I want to I want to emphasize. Uh, the the importance of the fact in Revelation, uh, it tells us that, uh, verse 6, that we are kings and priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why we can say we are kings and priests is not because we have a position of authority, uh, is because we have the authority in us, <laughs> the king and the great high priest. Um, you know, I've heard, heard way too many times people kind of use those verses as, giving us authority over something that, listen, the, the only thing we have is nothing mm-hmm. without him. Mm-hmm. We are nothing without him. Without him, we deserve nothing. We uh, deserve hell. <laughs> That's what we deserve. Uh, and, and we are nothing. Uh, so don't give yourself an, a pat on the back and don't give yourself some kind of uh, uh, a position uh, of authority that you did not earn. And, and even when you do have uh, any potential of that position, it's only because of him in you. He's the one that is the great high priest. Mm-hmm. He is the one that is the king of kings. Uh, and, and because he's in us, that's why we have those uh, positions, if you will. Uh, he's not in us. We don't have those positions. Does that, does that make sense? Amen. So, so when you look at these first two gifts, uh, there, is, there is something important that we want to know about them uh, because they are both uh, told to be everlasting. Uh, he is the everlasting king. Uh, we're told that in Isaiah 9. Uh, and he is the everlasting uh, 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 high priest. I believe it's uh, chapter 7, verse 17, mm. uh, Hebrews, where he says, For he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So, so he is forever the king of kings. He is forever the, the high priest. But now we're going to talk about that last gift because there's something interesting that's going on in that last gift that uh, we're going to see uh, uh, a little bit different hmm. than the first two. Cool. Chris? Okay. Yeah, also just a note as we're tying that up with the frankincense, you know, everything that Pastor was just saying, it's, it's interesting – I just want to make note of this to everybody that go look back at that that tabernacle, okay, and, and what was going on in that tabernacle, and the, the not just uh, the furnishings itself, but what the priests would do and how they would minister to the Lord in that tabernacle, because they brought frankincense when it came to the meat offering. They would use the frankincense with that as well, and it was the, it was a sign of, of worshiping that this frankincense was offered also as, as an incense before the which brought up a sweet. Sweet smell. saver, yeah, mm. yep. So it was a sweet smelling thing too. So again, if Christ, we're saying Christ is, is is pictured in the in the tabernacle in every single solitary way possible. We also need to make sure that we understand that that tabernacle is the very image of God, yep. because He pictures everything that's in it. That is the image of God in every every way that it's. Uh, you it's know, Hebrews. the priest would come that's in. Hebrews one one and two, right? Yeah. So Hebrews is a big is a big book because sure. it, it brings forth the, the light that Jesus does fulfill all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you just go back in the Old Testament, Leviticus and Exodus, and you read about what it is they actually did there as it pertains to Him uh, being the high priest and whatnot. So that that becomes very very pertinent information. 
pertaining to that tabernacle. Um, and I think it's just, I think it's just amazing because as you go back and read things like Leviticus and Exodus, if you read it from that standpoint and understand that it's a similitude and a picture uh, of Christ, you'll, you'll never read the, those books the same way or see them the same way ever again. Yeah. They go from being very dry books to very important prophetic similitude books. I've always said, then, I think Leviticus is one of the most prophetic books in the Bible. Very much so. I mean, you, 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 if you read in the Old Testament, you're not reading it with that similitude thinking. You, you, it's going to not have any value to you at all, really. Mm, interesting. So, and, and, and when we talk about these three gifts, you know, those two first, the gold and the frankincense, very, very much prominent uh, in the Old Testament through that tabernacle. So, okay, good stuff. So now we want to talk about this third gift of the, uh, the myrrh, uh, and, and so what we need to understand about myrrh is that it was used as an anointing oil, again, for that tabernacle and all that was within it. Uh, it was also used to anoint the high priest, which is what we just talked about. Jesus has pictured that so that he could minister to the Lord. And you see that again in Exodus chapter 30. Um, and if you, I'm not going to read all the verses there, but it's in Exodus 30, 22 through 30, where it, it he's being told, uh, the Lord speaking to Moses, telling him, you know, take... Uh, these spices of pure myrrh, um, sweet cinnamon, and so on and so forth, and 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 all these different ones. And, and uh, I'm trying to figure out which verse I want to go into here. Um, Thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. So holiness is now ascribed to this thing of, of myrrh. And it was used in the tabernacle, and it was used, and it says in verse 26 of verse uh, chapter 30 in Exodus, and thou shalt anoint the tabernacle itself of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and all the vessels, the candlestick and the altar of incense, all these things, again, which are a picture of Christ, were anointed with this oil that was made, uh, including this myrrh. And it, so it was used as, a, as, a, as an incense and an, an anointing oil. Okay? And so now... And that's what uh, the priests would do. They would anoint everything in the tabernacle with this thing because it was a, it was makes it holy. It's a holy thing. And so now you fast forward into the New Testament, and we're talking about Jesus fulfilling these offices as as a king, a priest, and and what this particular uh, thing of myrrh uh, speaks to the office uh, that he did fulfill in the past from us is is that one of of prophet. Okay, and so. As you fast forward into the New Testament, you look in John in chapter 19, you see something else, because we just talked about this being something that was used for anointing, and so I'm going to make the purpose of that come to, to light here as it pertains to Jesus. In John chapter 19, verse 39 through 41, in these few verses it says, And there came also Nicodemus, which was at first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and of aloes, about a hundred pound weight, then took they the body, this is after Jesus was... Uh, crucified. They took the body of Jesus and uh, wound it in linen, clothes, and, and the spices uh, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. And now in the place where he was crucified was a great garden, and the garden new sepulcher wherein was never a man uh, laid. And they used this uh, myrrh to anoint his body after his, for his burial, after he was crucified. Uh, and then while he was alive, you also see this used uh, for Jesus for the same purposes that he was speaking prophetically of. And you go to Matthew 26, verses 6 and 7. It says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman of having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And that word ointment is the same word used for myrrh. It was myrrh that the ointment was made out of. And what did the woman do? She anointed Jesus with it. 
And that's, of course, again, a picture of his death because that's what they would use when one Well, and he said, I'm not always with you, but... Right, that's what I'm going to so get to right now. So he knows that he's coming, yeah. Yep. Mm. And, and as you read further into that story in, in Matthew 26, verse 10 through 12, it says, when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, because the, the disciples were all troubled as to why she would use this really expensive uh, oil right. that could have been sold for a lot of money. So it was also a very expensive thing. It wasn't easy to make, and, and it cost a lot of money, and she just uh, dumped it all and poured it Think over about Jesus. about for a second. Mm-hmm. And so when Je- it says in verse 10 through 12, it says, When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble you this woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. And then he says this really important thing here. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. So he's flat out telling her, telling them, this is prophetic for something. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with me? It's, it's, for my, it's in reference to my burial. Okay, and so how does this fulfill the office of prophet for Jesus? Well, because all the prophets were killed. Yep. Okay, Romans eleven three tells us that Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down the altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Want to know what happened to a lot of them? Just go read Hebrews yeah. uh, chapter eleven. Right. Um, you think about all the Old Testament prophets; they were all they were all killed and martyred. Okay, and so uh, and in Matthew again, in Matthew and Luke, Jesus even says this in, in Matthew thirteen fifty seven. He says, mm-hmm. and they were offended by him, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor save in his own country and in his own house. And then again in Luke, he says similar in four twenty four, and he said, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country, and that's what Jesus was. He he was he was also that office of prophet, John and they the didn't Baptist accept him. Was a prophet? Yeah. What happened to him? Yeah, absolutely. He was beheaded, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what happened to all the prophets. They were they were they were killed, and Jesus also was crucified. And this myrrh that was used as this anointing oil, and it was used for burial. And Jesus even said flat out that was the point of what him being anointed with it was was a picture of his burial. So it pictures him as the prophet uh, in his past ministry because now he he has been died, buried, and, ro- and raised again, um, praise God. Amen. And so he's fulfilled that office of the prophet already in that he he was dead, buried, and raised. And, and that's what that myrrh was used for. And so I think um, those are all pretty good scriptures. And when, I we, think, say, when really we say, show yeah, it. when we say prophet, he's the prophet, prophet of what? Because we want to make sure we're clear on that. He's not just a prophet, he's the prophet of Oh, he's God. the prophet. Oh, he's yeah, you see, uh, right, Moses these, even called that yeah, out, that he was going to come. All these prophets... All these prophets are are prophets of God. I'm sure. So, um, you know, it's because of speaking the word of God that is leading to these people's deaths. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I mean. The people got a wrong, uh, a, usually a wrong definition of what a prophet really is. Well, it's just somebody who tells the future. No. Well, clearly they, that's part of it. But what it is is one who proclaims the word of God. And what are those prophets? What were they doing? They were proclaiming the word of God. Yeah. None of the prophets outside of Jesus. Uh, none of the prophets had the ability to tell the future mm-hmm. within themselves. Right. They always say, "In the word of the word Lord." Of the Lord came unto me, saying, yeah, right? mm-hmm. So it's the word of the Lord that is the prophet. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, Jesus is the Jesus word. Jesus is the word. So yeah, so. he definitely fulfills that. Sure. You know, I do think it's interesting. You said something there too. You said that myrrh uh, was a very expensive uh, uh, ointment. Yes. Ointment, uh, and and would be used. Uh, that would be used in 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 in, in some burials, and you know. Obviously, if something's expensive, that means it costs something. Mm-hmm. And certainly Jesus' death on the cross cost somebody something. Oh, absolutely. It uh, cost a father something mm-hmm. really great. So, again, I guess think it kind of speaks, uh, uh, speaks to that. Um, 
So, yeah, you know, you're talking about the office of the prophet and you're talking about um, the third office. And, you know, here's here's the interesting thing to that. Right. So uh, uh, is he still the king? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is he going to be physically the king? Yes. Is he the king of our heart? Yes. Is he still the high priest? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, he's sitting at the right hand of the father. But is he still a prophet? Mm. And the answer is no. And the reason why we'll say that is because, number one, the book's completed, right? right? So he's already given us everything he needs to give us, right. which, by the way, anybody who claims to be a prophet today, speaking for the word of God, uh, yeah, wait a minute, time out. Mm. Uh, he, th- that's done. He's already revealed everything he is going to reveal to us. There's nothing more to reveal. Right. He makes that point in it's Genesis finished. or yeah. Revelation 22. Yep. It's done. Uh, very, very clear. Yep. Um, you know, don't add to my word. Don't take to my word. It's it's, it's done, complete. Said, yeah. It's done. The office of the prophet. By the way, the book of Revelation is a prophetical book uh, within its own right. Uh, he 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 ends that book because. It's the revealing of who? Jesus Christ. Of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's revealing not only himself, not only is he peeling back his human flesh to show you who he really is, uh, king and priest, mm-hmm. uh, right? Not only is he, he doing that, but he's also revealing the fact that when I'm done writing this book, my office of the prophet's over. Mm. We're done. There's no need to add or take from this. It's done. Uh, you know, so uh, I do think all of that's interesting. Uh, point is, and, and Chris, I think you made uh, obvious mention to it, is his office of prophet is no longer needed. But his office as king and his office as priest is. Hence the reason why you see in Revelation that we are kings and priests. Why aren't we kings, priests, and prophets? That's good. Mm. <laughs> why doesn't it say that? Well, mm-hmm. there's a reason why it doesn't say that. Uh, it's trying to make a a point to us, uh, you know. Hebrews uh, uh, one one and two uh, talk about how in uh, in sundry times and in and in diverse manners, you know, in old times and in many different ways, uh, uh, God spoke to us in the in times past by what the prophets, the prophets. but in these last days, He speaks to us by what. His word. son, his word, his final, completed, done word, um, who, by the way, he is pointed uh, heir of all things, king of kings, right? Who being the brightness of his glory and the express uh, image of the person upholding things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high to do what? To be the high priest. You look at those first three verses and you're looking at all three offices of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and they're letting us know he's still the king of kings. He's still the great high priest, but in times past was the prophet. That yeah. that, that that office is now done with. Yeah. That's that's really good. Oh, it's not only um, is it really good, it's it, really important. important. It makes for it what's going on in church in a lot of churches today. Right. Amos three seven says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. He revealed all of that through the prophets. It's all done. And it's done. Yeah. It's been revealed. And and for our listeners, um, when Frank you mentioned that passage in Hebrews uh, chapter one, verses one and two, uh, where it says that uh, 
in sundry times and diverse manners. That's how he spoke, but now through his son. Okay, so yet lest someone listening, and truly just trying to understand, or or maybe of a different mindset either way, but lest someone think, well, that just must mean that, you know, Jesus, you know, he comes to me in visions, and, you know, that's how he speaks, and, you know, through dreams, and, and, you know, those types of things that people claim to have today. Well, let's biblically identify what he's saying, um, because it's very interesting, and again, very important to note, um, you know, the connection between Jesus, the living Word of God, and the Word, the Bible, the written Word of God. And, and you know, Proverbs chapter 30, uh, verse verses 5 and 6, tell us that every Word of God is pure. But then it goes on uh, in your King James Bible to say that uh, it doesn't use the pronoun, it is a shield unto them that put their trust in it. It doesn't use those pronouns when talking about the Word of God. It says, every Word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. That's very important. Uh, When he comes back, we mentioned this earlier in Revelation 19. What is his name? Uh, Vesture is the king of kings and lord of lords, but his name is the word of God. And, And so, you know, when we look at that, we say, okay, that's why that office of prophet, as you said, you both of you said, um, is no longer viable. I, I guess I can say it that way because um, we have His Word. Um, so that that's again good, but also, as you said, very critical. Well, and and you know, I might add, you know, not being critical, just trying to be honest to the Scripture. Uh, every book in the Bible was written by a, a Jew. A Jew. So the office of the prophet was only given to the Jew. Mm-hmm. You couldn't prove anything other than that. Uh, you, you just can't. Uh, you can try. You can make things up as you go if you want to. But the office of the prophet is the Jew. And where are we right now? Where is the Jew right now? Mm-hmm. They're blinded. Right. Put on hold. It doesn't even make any sense to why there would be the office of the prophet today. There wouldn't be. There would be no need. For, there couldn't be. The Jews are blinded. We are in the time of the Gentiles, the Bible's very clear on. Again, if we're just going to let the Bible be the Bible, and if we're going to let the Bible show forth truth, you kind of got to scratch your head and go, well, uh, listen, man, I don't know where you're getting the idea that you are an apostle. By the way, the apostles were Jews. <laughs> the requirement of an apostle is from the time of, of John the Baptist— Till uh, the, the the ascension of Christ, you had to have been a witness of these things. Who could make that claim today? It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's unfortunate what's going on uh, today as people are trying to it, it, listen. It is a form of replacement theology. People are trying to steal what was given to the Jew and make it for themselves. Definitely, and mm-hmm. we got to be very very careful of that. And, and so you say, you know, you, we've been sitting here. We've been sitting here talking about um, the, 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 the office of, of, of the king, the priest, and the prophet. And, and we're saying, hey, he's still going to be the king. He is the king uh, of the kingdom of heaven, uh, going to be the king of the kingdom of heaven. He's the, kingdom of, the king of the kingdom of God now. He is the high priest sitting on the right hand making intercession for us. Well, what are you talking about this murder thing? What are you with this prophet? Are you, why are you saying that he's done with that office? Well, watch this. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Go ahead, go ahead, Robert. Yeah, so we're going to look at, um, conclude here in just a minute, look at Isaiah chapter 60. Um, and, and so just for, for context, to set that, 
um, we're talking about the millennial reign of Christ, are we not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just to understand where we are there, but uh, something he, he carves out here is very, uh, very, again, it's good, it's great, but um, it's also important. Uh, but Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 6 says, The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. Midian. Where do those wise men come from? Hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Don't miss that. Yeah. Yeah. They're Gentiles. Very strong connection These are Gentiles, there. just to set the context. Yes, Just the do. way everybody does. Yeah. If you look at uh, Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 5, the context is the future glory of Israel in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when the future glory of the of, of Israel is in the kingdom, who's sitting on the throne of David? Jesus. Now watch what these kings or these uh, uh, Gentiles from the east yeah. coming from media, very representative of what's going on in Matthew chapter 2. Watch what they bring. And you can't deny what you just said, the Gentiles. Isaiah 16 verse 3, it says, And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and king to the bright. So it's right there. You know, you're, you're, you're exactly right. But he goes on. Um, th- so verse six: the multitude of camels shall cover thee. Okay, um, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. So they are bringing two things named gold and incense. Frankincense. Frankincense, exactly. So your mind should jump to that Matthew two passage. What, what, so the offices or what? what? What didn't they bring? They didn't bring the myrrh, bring Chris. The myrrh. Yeah. Why? Why didn't they bring the myrrh? Didn't Where need it myrrh? anymore. Didn't need it anymore. That's over. When he died on that cross, it's that not office, happening again. That's it. it. Over. Yeah. So, so rep, again, representative of his offices of of king and, and priest, which okay. he will be. Amen. Forever. Amen. As the Bible told us. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. The king is the king of yeah. kings for how long? Everlasting, mm-hmm. Isaiah. The priest is after the order of Melchizedek for how long? Mm-hmm. Forever. Yeah. But yeah. he is not. This is why I have a problem, and I, I, I again, uh, not trying to get on a high horse here. Uh, I'm just giving you something here. This is why I have a problem when you go to certain establishments, or you go and you buy necklaces of crosses that have Jesus on it. Mm. Listen, he's not on the cross anymore. He is in the heaven of heavens sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding, don't put him back on the cross. He's already fulfilled that role. It's over. The prophet has been killed. He's done. He don't need the myrrh no more. We're done with it. You now bring him gold and frankincense. Amen. He's the king of kings. Amen. He is the great high priest. And and, and so, you know, hey, that that may be a high horse, but you you get my point. Yeah, it's all good, man. Very cool. Praise the Lord. You know, and before you close here, Robert, I just want to say, based on the last two uh, episodes that we've done here, um, you know, if you're listening, man, and and you're just, uh, you know, you're just not sure where you are at with with the Lord Jesus, can I just offer you a, a, a reminder of what we talked about in the last episode? You know, really there are some very important uh, 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 questions that we need to answer, right? First question is, where art thou? Where are you? God asked the first Adam, after he had sinned, where are you? 
Where is your allegiance? Where are you? You know, uh, and then of course um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the the these Gentile uh, wise men come and, and then ask a very important question: Where is the King of the Jews? So so if you're listening, I, I would I would want to ask you: Is he your king? You know, where are you? Is he your king? Because ultimately it leads to what Pilate says, mm-hmm. right? What, what will we do with this Jesus who is called Christ? Um, and we need to all answer that question. What, what are we going to do with Jesus who is called Christ? Now, if you don't want to answer those questions, that's fine. Uh, nobody told, told you you had to answer them. That is your right. You have a choice. Uh, but do know that choices do have consequences. Not answering those questions, uh, you won't feel any of those consequences in this life, but it's appointed on demand once to die, and after this, the judgment. Mm-hmm. Those questions are going to be very, very relevant to how you answered them when you are standing before the judgment. Where are you? What did you do with the King of the Jews? And what did you do with Jesus, who's called Christ? Mm. Uh, don't don't underestimate the importance of those questions and do whatever you can to have a good thought out, logical fact finding way of answering them. Don't just, eh, I don't believe in all that stuff. That's not good. That's not thought out. And there's no factual evidence to back up your statement. Don't just believe what you hear on TV. Don't just believe what the church down the road tells you. Don't just believe what other people tell you about Jesus. Hey, man, can I just tell you? The Bible tells us, where art thou? What are you going to do with, 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 with this Jesus? Answer those questions. Do your research to have a good, intelligent answer. Because those questions, like I said, although they may not have a lot of uh, consequence in this life uh, that, that you'll see, knowingly anyways, they do have eternal consequence, and, and they must be answered. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. A very, very strong um, application and point there for us to consider prayerfully. Um, so we hope you will definitely do that as we conclude this episode here. Um, once again, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. Um, yep. Merry Christmas. Yes, we are um, grateful to uh, conclude this year with you and looking forward uh, to next year. Uh, we are um, looking at taking a um, short uh, hiatus uh, over the next just few weeks here toward the end of the year and beginning of, of next year uh, where we are working on rolling out some uh, exciting um, maybe changes, but but um, just um, a kind of a... Uh, approach or, or a new study um, as we uh, begin 2021. Um, we'll have some more information coming out about that shortly. But in, in the interim, uh, we will be posting uh, some <clears throat> material, uh, some recordings and episodes from our uh, normal um, services at One Baptist Church here in Jacksonville, Florida. So though we are not um, 
using this format in the next few weeks. We will definitely you will be hearing from us uh, through those means, uh, but also in the new year coming up, we will have uh, fresh episodes rolling out um, with exciting things to come with that. So uh, we look forward to that. Um, God bless you, and do take care. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.